The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Hey, if there's uh, if there's anybody listening that's just filthy rich, I've been looking to buy a house for like a year and a half now. Just haven't <laughs> found the right one. Of course, the housing market prices are going up. I think I found my house. I found my house. It is beautiful. It was just recently built. It is like it's like my ideal house. Like what that is exactly what I'm looking for. And so, if there's anybody out there that just has $400,000 burning a hole in their pocket and just wants to get rid of it, weighing them down. I'll take it. I'll take it out for your hands and use it to good use. Put you're, it to good use. You're going low grade at 400 grand. I'm impressed. Well, you know, I was looking at a house that was like 5 and I was like, you know, it's just it's it's a bit too much and then I was like, you know, 450 maybe that's more my price range. I don't I could use some help though. I could really use some help that that <laughs> that radio money can only take you so far. That right. public address announcing money can only take you so far. Right. And uh, so, yeah, if anybody wants to help a guy out, I would uh, greatly appreciate it. <laughs> can you imagine if that actually like happened? Like someone was just like, oh, yeah, here you go. Right. I mean, we I find a way to make it worth their while as well. Make it worth their while. And like, maybe shout, if they got a business, shout them out here on the radio, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things around Maybe give them a return on investment. Uh, I mean, again, you know, four hundred grand. I, I figured you were looking in the one point two neighborhood. Say up no. where, say a certain men's basketball coach recently bought that. That that's just uh, that's uh, that's too much uh, property tax. I'm sure. Oh, well, it's too much in the property. Yeah. Welcome to Manhattan. Yeah, I figured like four hundred fifty thousand dollars that property tax. You know, that's maybe more something I could afford. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I got the house pulled up right now. One of the apps, property tax. It's only seven hundred dollars a month. A month. A month. That's more than I pay in rent. A that's month. A, that's in the neighborhood of rent. Well, plus bills. It's it's less. Yeah, I plus got Plus the you. bills. I got you. Uh, welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale. Travion Berkeley wearing his Ramones uh, shirt. I've seen that Ramones shirt a lot. I'm guessing he got it at either uh, Spencer's or Hot Topic. <laughs> or ordered it off the Spencer's website oh, there like, you go. Yep. when I was okay. in high school. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, from that long ago, huh? Two or three years ago, I mean, I will admit, I've, I have bought a shirt or two from Spencer's because they have some pretty good band shirts as well. Plus, I've noticed they also have Selena shirts. I haven't bought one yet. I just haven't found the design I want, but at least they have those. I appreciate that. I have a Selena shirt that I got from Rue Twenty One. Rue cool. Twenty One. Yes, they have Selena shirts now. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I thought that's, that that since, was like female clothes. Oh no, they have guy clothes there too. Oh, okay, hmm. but like ever since that Netflix show came out like a year or two ago, sure. there's been a ton of Selena stuff that's come back. People are learning about Selena. I used to also buy a bunch of band shirts from Hot Topic. I don't do it so much anymore. It's nothing against Hot Topic. I just haven't buy- been buying a lot of shirts recently. And uh, they used to have this clipboard. Maybe they still have it. Of you could just write down bands on of shirts they should get. And yes. just if, if the if the name of the band is already on there, just put a star next to it, and we'll even consider it more. So what I did is I wrote down, I, 
I can't remember who it was now. I believe it was like, uh, I think it was Allison Chains. And I wrote down Allison Chains. Nobody had done that. And I put like six stars next to it. And I got a Dirt Allison Chains shirt, okay. which is their second album. I was like, it's probably their best one. For years in high school, I always wrote down, get Michael Jackson shirts, because nobody in town ever had Michael Jackson shirts, and then they finally got them like a few years ago. And you bought them out. You bought every one. I have every single one they've put out. Which is how many? There was a bad one. There was a thriller one. There was like a black or white one and a smooth criminal one, and I got all of those. Well, speaking of music, rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John passing away today at the age, I believe, 73. 73. Is how old she was. I didn't see a cause of death, but I'm guessing it had to do with maybe something around cancer. She had two bouts with breast cancer, uh, and it was actually 25 years apart. Yes. Those two bouts. Mid-90s and then about five years ago was the second one. And I'm not for sure if that's the issue, but she had definitely some health issues in the last few years. That was one on my list I would have loved to see live, even though her whole set list probably wouldn't be up my alley. But the hits, man, we all know Olivia Newton-John hits. That That's a Vegas residency type. For sure, list. yes. And I think she probably had done that at some time. I don't know if she'd been re- doing it recently, but you're right. Absolutely. is a She could put on a solid hour 15. Oh, gosh, yes. A banger's. And not just from Greece. My favorite Olivia Newton-John song is, it's not her most popular, but it did go number one, Magic. Mm-hmm. From Xanadu. From Xanadu, yes. Bad movie, okay soundtrack. That song on the soundtrack good was soundtrack. good. Hmm? Pretty good soundtrack, yeah. Uh, mostly, uh, uh, It's mostly ELO <laughs> songs, so that's cool. I'm with you, yeah, Troy. It, it, it kind of, yeah, ELO had much better stuff out there than anything tied to Xanadu. So I've given uh, Travy on the task today of uh, all bed music today is Olivia Newton-John. All of it. Um, and for number one song of the day, I had already put that together and I've, I think I've already used most of her big hits, like the ones that we know. There, there's still some different number ones I think I can maybe use. I'm, I might do that tomorrow. Today I have a number one song already dedicated to Drum Tang and his vacation. <laughs> so... Uh, Maybe some Olivia Newton-John tomorrow, but you will hear some bed music today that's all Olivia Newton-John from Greece and also her solo stuff. Uh, but today on the show, I mean, we're going to hear a lot from Chris Kleiman. Had his first fall press conference. They just had practice number five today, and they're not hitting yet. They're not full pads going 100% contact yet. So I knew after hearing that we may be limited to a certain extent on some of the information, I knew we'd just hear a lot of names. A lot of names and potential idea for depth. But we will get some injury updates coming up in the next segment of 425. We'll hear all the highlights from Chris Kleiman at 510. But I thought we would kick off today with the big basketball news from the weekend. And let's flash back real quick to the end of last week. Because Jerome Tang had a press conference right before his vacation to go see Bruno Mars and go to Cabo. I think that's a pretty sweet. And by the way, that... Concerts in Vegas, I think that's a pretty sweet mm-hmm. vacation, if you ask me. A couple of days in Vegas, maybe. Head down to Cabo for four or five and get your feet in the sand, drink some margaritas. I mean, that's paradise. It's really, it's paradise, really. Cabo is beautiful. Never been there, but I've seen pictures. But during his press conference, was it a slip? I don't know. But he told us at this point he wanted to be 12-2. and two. What that means is 12 players for this year's roster and two recruits for the class of 2023. He has one 
person short of that goal as of yesterday. Or he's at 11 for this year's roster, but hopefully not done. We're still waiting on Keontae Johnson, who looks like it's between K-State and Western Kentucky. But two, for the class of 2023, he's there with the addition of R.J. Jones, who committed with the help of uh, ESPN and I also think uh, Sports Illustrated also had a hand in that. But he's a 6'3 shooting guard, four stars is R.J. Jones. And where he is ranked nationally when it comes to the main services, even throwing ESPN, it's actually kind of all over the place. If you don't look at the composites, you just look at where Mm -hmm. these sites are ranking them. ESPN has him 37th in the country for the class of 2023. On three has him all the way at 141. But, I mean, maybe rivals, you maybe take whoever you take more seriously. Rival is at 70 and 24 7 sports at 93. I, I'm just going to call him a top 100 recruit and a four star. I think that's fair. Mostly across the board, everybody would agree with that. Almost. Top 100, four star, and very talented. So, Jerome Tang now has two players for the class of 2023. And you know, I remember David G bringing up a bringing up a uh, a thought to the show. This feels like a couple of months ago, an early summer discussion we had. Is Manhattan really that hard to recruit to? <laughs> you know, Jerome Tang and this coaching staff are kind of making it look easy right now because the way this this class is stacking up so far is not only two four stars. With Day-Day Ames, a couple of guards, one more of the point guard. You have a shooting guard in R.J. Jones. Four stars, and if you look at these services as well, a top 10 recruiting class in the country so far. Right now, I mean, K-State hasn't had in a recruiting class, depending, again, on where you look, but I think all in our agreeance on this. I haven't seen a class like this when it comes to star ratings and who, when it comes to total amounts, have a four or better. I mean, you got to go back to 2009, to see that success. 2009, Wally Judge and Rodney Magruder. Judge of a five-star, and Rodney Magruder was a four-star. Now, I still think 1990 was just 10 years ago. But (laughs) Let's not go there in my mind. 2009 was 14 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, making it look easy. And Jones, I mean, it wasn't like K-State was the only one on his radar. He had talked about, or not talked about, visited. He visited Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Cal, Boise State. A lot of interest from all over the place. Also had interest from places like Illinois, Colorado, Notre Dame was there. Missouri, Oklahoma State. And this is a kid from Texas, Plano, Texas, who's going to be going to, uh, uh, help me out with the name there. He's going to Utah for his senior year of, of school. Wasatch Academy. There you go. So that's where he's transferring to, the state of Utah, but also Big 12 attention from TCU, Texas Tech, and USC. The last stats we saw, which was from his sophomore year, he's averaging 19 points, five rebounds a game. I mean, four-star says a lot about how talented he is, but I got to watch a little bit more film about him, and there was one comparison I did make with him with Day-Day Ames. Both are pretty good at handling the basketball, and I would not want to play defense against them for the reason I don't want to be embarrassed by them. Because they're good with the right hand, they're good with the left hand, 
The crossover dribble from R.J. Jones is deadly. I was very impressed with the crossover dribble. He's very good at jump shots, and he'll really take him in any situation, which, you know, I think about that. And as coaches, maybe what the coaches might be thinking about that is like, well, we definitely, that's something we need to work on. Impressive when you're a junior in high school and also playing against really good talent, but you're not always going to be able to get away with those kind of things at the college level. We got to adjust that a little bit, tweak it. But, man, he could turn a jump shot out of any situation. Loves the catch and shoot as well, but he can create his own shots as well. And, man, at different angles, weird angles, or straight on, he's got a good stroke. He really does have a good stroke. I mean, defensively, not exactly sure. Again, we don't see a whole lot of defense when it comes to these highlight reels. But Jerome Tang said it during his press conference. You know, offensively, the identity is still to be determined, but there's one thing that's for certain, defense. Defense is going to be a vocal point. Defense is a huge focus, and defense is going to be a is is got to be a big success. That it's a huge focus for Jerome Tang and this coaching staff. Where you're going to make the, you're going to see this team make plays defensively and give them a chance. And so that is very encouraging. You know me, I'm a big defensive guy. I love what you know, it's <laughs> everybody loves offense, right? Sure, that's the name of the game. But defense, I really appreciate. I'm a big believer in defense wins championships. So that is a huge focus. And what a nice compliment in the backcourt. Dede Ames and the backcourt after this year is going to be pretty young, very young. Dorian Finister, freshman, very young. Cam Carter, very young. And now with the addition of these two, once again, you're, you're even younger with a couple of freshmen and a co- couple of sophomores. Maybe a junior. Maybe a junior in there as well. But still, it's going to be very young, and you expect in the class of 2023, you might be adding even a couple of more. Maybe. This could be... What are you watching? I'm sorry. I mean, I know you've been on your phone, but... Did I just hear a crying baby? Yes, unfortunately, yes. A friend's video real quick so on you, social. So you know the baby? Yes. Not your baby? No. But you know the baby? Correct. And a friend's? Yes. Where's this friend from? Uh, this friend is in the Kansas City area. Have you known this friend for a while? Mm, yeah. Good friends? Where, where's it's, the status? Yeah, I know. Best friend? Uh, not best friend, but just in passing before it, you know, cruises down my social media stream. How long have you been Facebook friends? Uh actually this one's on Twitter, but uh, oh. we we've been friends longer than Facebook or Twitter. So kind of rare. Yeah. Having a better getting f- back to school. So I just know you're a little more active on Facebook than I am. Sure. Haven't made a friend on Facebook for years. Well, and I'm not as active on Facebook as I probably should be at this point. My timeline is just utter trash. All right, back to where I was. Sorry. Um I mean, I think I've said all I wanted to say, but I, yeah. uh, to back up to where I was previously, you love seeing that K-State has a top 10 recruiting class so far. Now, it's not the best in the Big 12, though. That act- that honor actually goes to T.J. Altsberger in Iowa State because they have a five-star. Really? They have a five-star. Ah, okay. Well, actually, again, depends where you look. It's either 1-5 and 2-4s, or I think that's basically mostly everywhere you look, but they have a slight edge. Over K State right now, maybe they could go get a go get a five star. But 
it wasn't like this was overnight success for this coaching staff. This these are two guys, Data Ames and RJ Jones. This was some of the first two calls they made when they when Tang got the job here, started hiring his staff. This was two of the first calls that they made when they started the recruiting process. As much work they were doing in 2022, they were on the ball as well early on, made it happen, and five. Gosh, I'm doing math here. Five months later, five months later, you're, you're already putting together an extremely strong 2023 recruiting class. All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll get to some climbing audio because I would say uh, two things I really wanted to hear at this press conference, and we got it early: health updates. And it was a little bit questionable. I mean, going into the fall camps, were they going to be right away? working with K-State on the field, drills, reps, and that is two guys on defense, Cleed Duke and Will Honus. Their status? We'll find out next. Troy redeeming himself with the game sports updates. I forgot the Royals have a doubleheader tomorrow. Bright and early. So that means if we're going to do an Olivia Newton-John number one song, it'll have to be probably Wednesday. Right. But that's okay. It's never too late to honor a great. Did you find an instrumental, Travion? You know, I really appreciate that effort because I I had told him that for bed music, we really don't want lyrics, but today I'll make an exception. I think when you play, you're the one that I want. You kind of have to have the lyrics, but also if we had the lyrics, we would be distracted for a good three minutes. I remember in school, middle school, shout out to uh, Mr. Malcolm. We would, uh, I mean, we, it seemed like we would sing this all the time as a class. Like, if we didn't have something coming up, this is just something we would sing. You know, you have all levels of singing, right? True. Did you the, learn the hand jive in music class? We did that. So, in, at Clay Center, at the end of the school year, the choir classes always have, we all come together to have this event called That's Entertainment. In the one year that I was in it, I was a sophomore. I remember being in two skits, and one of them was we were doing a parody of the dance scene for Hand Jive. And Paul Lane, who was our head coach of football, was the judge because he had a he has a sweet mustache and kind of looks like the judge from the movie. And he was eliminating teams as uh, as we sang. The other skit I was in was the evolution of dance. Remember that one? Classic video. That's a motivational speaker who does that at every show he uh, or every place he does a a speech at. Does he still do it? He still does it. Oh my gosh! Every time. No, but of course this was actually a former number one song. Mm-hmm. Had it way, way, way back in the day of number one song of the day. Isn't this the biggest duet? song ever oh i would imagine well yeah i mean bigger than islands in the stream uh endless love i would imagine this is bigger I, it's gotta be it's gotta be did frankie valley have a number one with the theme from greece yes. as well so you had both on the soundtrack um, yes sure did of course uh that style of music mm-hmm I guess didn't really fit the because that was a '70s song. Yes, 
And that movie did not play take no. place in the seventies. No, that was that was such a weird contradiction of what the of what the movie was. It was, yeah. That's even pointed out. I mean, it's been pointed out by the movie those who made the movie, Frankie Valley. They've all pointed it out, but it's just like, well, song is called Grease. So let's roll with it. All right. Uh, let's continue on here with the game. We had Chris Kleiman press conference at 1 o'clock today, and it's his first of the fall camp. Again, fall camp, it's summer. Um, but uh, we got to hear some names, got to hear some updates. And again, mentioned this in the last segment that um, they haven't started like full-on contact yet. Five practices in, they'll do that starting tomorrow. So maybe – Later on this week, because I know we have another press conference coming up on Wednesday and maybe some of next week as well, we're going to really start to hear maybe some guys separating themselves or some new names starting to pop up when it comes to the uh, battle for uh, roster spots. I say roster spots, I mean like depth spots could maybe work their way onto the field on Saturdays. You never know. But injury updates. This was a big one. I thought this was really important, especially today. I wasn't there, but I did read some articles about who media that were there at the open practice or a portion of, of the practice today that was open to the media. Did notice that there were two dudes missing. Or they weren't missing, they just weren't participating. They, they weren't obvious. Khalid Duke and Will Honus. Those are two pretty big names for this season, clearly. I mean, Khalid Duke was off to a great start last season before tearing up his knee mm-hmm. against Nevada. And I, I'm trying not to see Drew Honus because he used to play baseball at K-State. <laughs> Will Honus, a linebacker who's going to play Will. How about that, Will? Playing Will. Yep. Um, I see him as a starter, no doubt about it, right next to Deuce Green. But he wasn't practicing today. He was seen on the sideline. We'll start with Khalid Duke. First update from head coach of the Cats, Chris Kleiman. We're confident he's going to be set and ready to go for the first game. And um, we are being very smart with him coming off the injury that he had. And then he had he missed some time for some other things. But he is uh, going to be on target to be ready to go on September 3rd. And now let's hear about Will Honus. It was good to get him in seven-on-seven seven during the spring um, so he could get acclimated to how we practice and some of the calls, and, and he's been cut loose. He's cleared to go, sharing a lot of those reps um, with Austin Moore. Both of those guys are, are, are going to battle, and, and both are going to play right now, but uh, excited about Will. Will's a really good football player. So after hearing that and just knowing about the progression through the summer, guys that were held out and now we know that are fully good to go, K-State's very healthy. I mean, Adrian Martinez, he was out throwing today. I saw a video. I think it was either from Kellis or D.Y. One of them tweeted out a video of um, uh, it was a pass to Sammy Wheeler and looked really good. It was on the money. It was a little rollout. So, yeah, Adrian Martinez is throwing. Will Hunters is going to be ready for September 3rd. Khalid Duke is going to be ready for September 3rd. Who I mean, there was a number of guys on the D-line that did not – participate during the the uh the spring and they should all be good uh, who else who else uh, oh i mean deuce vaughn well that was just a precautionary precautionary thing so he is good to go yeah i mean right now things are uh are pretty solid injury wise nothing really to worry about that's the best news really because when you realize how thin that team really was at the texas bowl and how many guys were 
getting surgery in the days even leading up to that bowl game taking place, and then the list of them that got surgery after that game. Uh, the fact that everybody is at a point right now where they're healthy as they get camp underway is is tremendous. It means that there weren't any issues with anybody. Uh, you know, the Chiefs ran into the problem with the young wide receiver who uh, had to have Sky a, Moore. Yeah, had to have foot. Well, no, not Sky Moore. The kid that they brought in from Clemson uh, as an undrafted free agent, but had a foot surgery. It didn't go uh, as well as they had wanted, so they have to go back in. But it means he's done for the year. You could always have those types of situations come up, and K State. Surgery-wise and all that appears to have come out of the offseason in very good shape. Yeah, Casey, really lucky right now. You mentioned surgeries over the offseason. Felix Andudike Uzama is one of them, and he is uh, good to go. And somebody brought it up. Oh, it was – I can't remember who it was now, but somebody asked about, you know, just the excitement of being able to see um, Felix, Matt Lack, and who else was – oh, Khalid. So Felix – Nate Matlack, Khalid Duke on the field at the same time. I mean, you don't. I mean, it's preaching to me. I'm like, oh, uh, to mock the Dan Patrick show. Oh, I mean, right. yes, right. I, I'm very jazzed about that scenario. <laughs> All three of them on the field at the same time. But you've heard it from me plenty of times on this show about how excited I am about just the starters that K State has coming back defensively, especially in the boxed. Very, very solid. From all over the place in the box, defensive end, uh, Eli Huggins at the nose, which Coach Kleiman will hear from him at five ten about him liking the depth at the nose position. Even though they are going to ask Eli Huggins to take on more from that position when it comes to the amount of plays he'll play in every game. You mentioned the Chiefs. Uh, something that stood out to me from training camp yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. It was over the weekend. That was uh, pretty sweet. That's coming up here in just a few moments, but also coming up next, guys, the Brent Venables fall, his first fall in Norman. There's already drama. That's next. There we go. This is my song when it comes to Olivia Newton-John. Another instrumental. I had it all planned out beforehand so they're all instrumental okay i'm fine with that someone did the work the game continues we were mentioned before the break the uh how awesome it's going to be to see nate matlack felix andy dk usama and also Khalid duke on the field at the same time i i wanted to almost call him i wanted to call him the unholy trinity but i felt like you know maybe they're you know make the statement that uh They'll bring the end of days to uh, quarterbacks this season, but uh, it might be men of faith, so I didn't want to go that far. Good call. I, I did. Uh, uh, Snyder's windbreaker says, seems like something that would violate the Geneva Convention. <laughs> I, I laughed out loud at that one. That's pretty good. That is solid. Well done. You <laughs> can hear a few lyrics in there. Maybe some of the harmony that was left in. Rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John. Welcome back to the game. Mitch Troy and Travion, we are off tomorrow because of a Royals doubleheader, but Wednesday is going to be jam-packed, as you know, because we're going to get our second uh, training camp update from Mitch Holtz, the voice of the Chiefs, and, of course, Derek Young from Case Dental Line is scheduled to join us as well. But right now we head south, south of the border, 
the Kansas-Oklahoma border to Norman, Oklahoma. Brent Venables, he's been on the job, uh, what, seven, eight months now, and uh, has ran into his first major piece of drama that surrounds Kale, uh, I almost said Bundy, Kale Gundy. And uh, the recent developments involving him. So, Troy, I know you've been heavily involved with this, so uh, break it down for us. This is just unbelievable. We talked about it some briefly this morning. uh, As Cale Gundy is essentially being forced out at Oklahoma after reading something on one of the players' iPads in a meeting... And, well, not being able to self-censor himself well enough, apparently. And in his own statement, Gundy last night stated, I picked up his iPad and read aloud the words that were written on the screen. The words displayed had nothing to do with football. One particular word I should never, under any circumstance, have uttered was displayed on that screen. In the moment, I did not even realize what I was reading, and as soon as I did, I was horrified. He goes on to say that it wasn't malicious, that it wasn't intentional. But, boy, um, at a time where players are gaining more and more agency in college football, that's not a good thing for a coach. And especially in the case of Gundy, at this point, the assistant head coach. While he wasn't the O coordinator... He was Venable's essential number two. Is that where he, is that where he was? Because I know he's had multiple. Because he's been in Oklahoma for twenty three years. Correct. I, he's had multiple jobs. Let's put it that way. Well, he started as the running back, running backs coach there. Started as a GA. Well, started as a GA, but when he went in then with the Stoops group in ninety right. nine, correct. He took over as the running backs coach. Moved to the wide receivers about seven years ago. So. Those are the two key jobs that he's had on the offensive side of the ball. But again, uh, and, and part of the reason why he got the assistant head coach tag was uh, he essentially was doing a lot of the groundwork in the run-up to the bowl game for Oklahoma because of Lincoln Riley moving on and Bob Stoops coming in to basically calm the waters. You know, Gundy was seen as one of those guys that could help still things because he had been around so long. And to uh, more background as well, in case you don't know or maybe forgot, uh, Kale Gundy also played quarterback at Oklahoma. Yes. He was he played after Big Brother was at Oklahoma State. Correct. And part of that was he did not want to be in Mike's shadow at O State. He wanted to be his own man, so he picked Oklahoma instead and finished very well. He was sixth on their passing list up until uh, recent vintage of the as the quarterbacks began to change the game uh, when Josh Heupel, as example, moved past him. Uh, but, you know, in, in the era we're in now, yeah, he was going to continue to move down that list, but he had proven himself as a sooner through and through, even with his big brother as the head coach over at Oklahoma State. But where this has really exploded into a big story is it was yesterday, and I'm sure you shared some of it potentially on the morning show about the statement that Oklahoma released from Brent Venables. Pretty nondescript, but basic. Overnight, yes. It, It did start with, it's with sadness that I accept Coach Gundy's resignation. He dedicated more than half of his life to Oklahoma football. Um, And then 
we get another statement from Brent Venables. Apparently, some pressure was beginning to be applied somewhere along the line here. And people were looking at it outside of the program going, it's a one-off. Why are you forcing him out after a one-off? Why is this taking place after just one utterance of the word? And Brent Venables yeah, clarified cancel that. Cancel culture was brought up. Yeah. Cancel culture, of yeah. course. Jeez. Uh, and, and Brent Venables essentially addressed that, and now you've got a rift yeah. between Sooners and Sooners because uh, Venables was up front. He said, no, it happened multiple times in that second statement. That's what ripped the lid off this thing and made it that much more explosive. Because now you've got people that are upset that Venables made Gundy look bad. And there are others, Cat Gundy, Gundy's daughter, on Twitter, essentially saying that Venables had told Kale that, you know, put his head down, this will blow over, blah, 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 only to then turn around and come out with this second statement now. And so there's a uh, there's a big rift that is developed, all because Kale Gundy got upset that one of the players was looking at an iPad in one of the conference rooms, one of the position rooms, didn't like it, and so he went and grabbed the iPad and decided to read it all out loud and couldn't figure out that, no, you go ahead and avoid that word. Not exactly smart. No. 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 I mean, he was comfortable enough to blurt out the word. To me... In a position room. A gigantic, humongous issue. Humongous issue. Doesn't matter if it's college football or you're out on the street, classroom, I mean, whatever. Especially, again, as I go back to this point where players are gaining more and more agency. And one of the things I wondered when we discussed this leading into the show, how much of that pressure in between what was released last night uh, or really right at the front of it between the incident occurring and the statements coming out last night, how much of that pressure was being applied by players of color? Yeah. That Brent Venables would have liked to have allowed it to blow over and not be an issue but that there were players that would not let it. I would not pass. want to be around. I'm not speaking for them, but I would not be want to be around somebody that's comfortable with saying a word like that. I don't care if it's in front of a whole group of people saying it privately. If I knew about it, I don't want to be associated. If, Troy, if you said it, I would not want to work with you probably ever again. Okay, good to know. But I, I would never. I would be absolutely shocked if that ever happened. You're telling me I towed the line pretty well when when Travion and I I were fro and no on uh, do they know it. Yeah. Okay. But it it is, it's pretty messy public relations. Now, Gundy, I mean, Gundy, when it comes to quality control, yes, was saying the right things, came out and admitted it, and maybe for him later down the road he can get another job. I don't know. But now he's in the past. Oklahoma fans are trying to stick up for him and saying he made a mistake. Well, that's a very gigantic mistake that's very hard to come back from. You've 
the damage had already been done. This isn't the days of Barry Switzer being able to run that program and allow for a lot of those types of things to go because he held the hammer over any players. The hammer right now is, at best, shared. If not, fully swung over to the player's grasp at this point. Now, the the, the one question I do have when we see this story potentially grow bigger is we have a difference between what has happened. We have two stories now of what mm-hmm. have happened because I believe you mentioned Kale Gundy said it said this word one time and now Brent Venables in a second statement is saying this word was said multiple, multiple times. times. Yeah. Yeah. And the daughter of Kale Gundy, if the tweet is real, it's been deleted if it was real. And if that statement is true, we're trying to hush up players. This could potentially get a lot messier. How messy does it become when he uh, lands on Mike's staff at Oklahoma State? Well, I mean, that kind of brings up the. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's not going to matter. Surprised? In two, it's not going to matter in two years anyway because Oklahoma won't be in the conference. Now, are you surprised uh, Kale Gundy stepped down before Mike? Um, Yes, actually, I, I would point that out. That That's a great note on your part. Uh, in talking with Paul this morning, he brought up a great point. He just out and out said, well, he is a Gundy and left it hanging there. So, Travion, let's take a quick break. When we come back, a chief kicking a uh, pretty incredible field goal, and he's not a kicker. That's next. I was there, Sonny. I was there the day Martin Gramatica, 1998 against Northern Illinois, kicked a 65-yard field goal in 95-degree heat. Now, I don't know if there's a whole bunch of people to see this latest 65-yarder go in, but let me tell you, Chiefs fans, if you're worried about uh, Harrison Butker getting hurt, don't worry. They have a backup kicker. He's just not going to be listed as a kicker on the depth chart. We don't need Tommy Townsend to kick these field goals. We got somebody else. He can stick with punting because it was tweeted out yesterday. I don't know what time this took place when it came to training camp, but nobody was really around. I've seen videos. I've even seen K-State do this of people who are not kickers try to kick field goals. At Clay Center, we used to do this before varsity games. We would just go up on the hill and kick field goals. I was terrible at it. Hopeless. Justin Reed, who signed a three-year contract with the Chiefs after playing for the Houston Texans, Showed off his leg, and I didn't know he had this, but it's a nice quality to have if you need another job. Justin Reed kicked a 65-yard field goal, and that's not the uh, i mean, that's not the end of his kicking abilities. Woof. Last year during a preseason game for the Texans against the Buccaneers, he kicked off, and he sent it to the end zone, like right at the goal line. So there you go, Chiefs fans. A safety that can kick bombs. <laughs> Hour two of the game, we're going to kick things off with Chris Kleiman. Highlights from his press conference, number one song of the day, and ask us anything. And oh, um, who voted Texas number one? What are we doing? Hour two of the game is coming up, but right now it's your local news. 